0: hello everyone welcome to a brand new podcast this is turntables and tea i'm charlie
1: and i'm corey
0: yes and we are here to discuss different albums with you every week we're going to listen to the tunes and spill any tea we may have it might not all be about the making of the album but some kind of tea you'll hear in every episode do you have anything you want to add to that
1: me? No. I'm 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 stirring as much tea as I can throughout this. Uh mine is probably gonna be hopefully not super unpopular opinions, but I like to uh I like to break it down. I'm gonna keep it as honest as uh as I can here. Get yep. that, that hot tea.
0: Yes, that is how we yeah, there will be some hot takes you may not like, but that's you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion, so we respect them all here. <laughs> For this week, this is also an episode of the Turn Back Time podcast. For our first album, we'll be discussing Cher's Dancing Queen. I'm very excited to do this one. This album was released in September of 2018. It was obviously inspired by Cher appearing in the film Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Did you see Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again?
1: You know, it's crazy. I Going through this, I realized I hadn't. And I love the first one. Um, it's something I want to sit down and watch. I saw like a couple clips to share. Her look was great, um, but I, I, I enjoy them. A- Abba's a perfect vessel for that whole entire thing, uh, and I can't wait to see that second one.
0: Yeah, I saw in the feathers twice, of course, because nice. what else was I going to do? <laughs> um, I'm not going to talk too much about the movie here, of course, but I'm here to talk about the album. And, yes, Cher decided to record an album of ABBA covers. One of the songs on this album was featured in the movie, but she recorded nine other tracks with her own producer, Mark Taylor, best known for producing her biggest hit ever, Believe, and many of her Cher dance hits. And they got together to do this lovely little album of ABBA covers. What did you think of the album overall?
1: It was a first time listen to before me, um, and I didn't realize Mark Taylor was behind the production. Of course, as soon as I started listening to it, I I, I would have bet money it was him. Uh, they work well together, but he's got that unique sound that he, in my opinion, likes to do for share or with share. Um, this is a tough one for me because I I love ABBA. I love I love that disco sound. I mean, Dancing Queen is immediately get the uh get the guns out you know get out there and start and start getting the disco on so i she had a lot to do for me to think or to come out of this with a positive opinion um indeed overall i'm super positive about this this was cool uh listening to some of the interviews that she had uh talking about insecurities through um it's tough I mean, it's a solo. And of course, we'll go through notes uh, while we go down the tracks, but it's a solo cover album of a four piece, you know, a disco super team. So uh, I was excited, but I was also a little bit like, "Uh, how's she going to pull this off? And and she did for the most part.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. ABBA is not an easy group to do. ABBA's. Legendary and iconic. I don't know why you're listening if you don't like ABBA. Sorry, but if you don't like them, please stop listening right now. This isn't the podcast for you. <laughs> and so, with that being said, yes, Cher was riding the ABBA wave, and this album was probably her most critically well reviewed album ever, I would say, actually. She hasn't always been a critic's darling, but because of her longevity, the critical opinions definitely gotten more favorable. So this album was really well received. And believe it or not, this was Cher's highest ever album debut as a solo artist. She had her highest ever sales week with the opening of Dancing Queen.
1: That, that's, that's something that I wouldn't expect. You think it came off the heels riding uh, the wave of Mamma Mia? I mean, don't get me wrong. Again, I enjoyed almost all the album, but do you think that was the reason why it was uh, heralded so highly?
0: I think that was definitely a part of it. And as for the sales, what helped, what has helped many albums in recent years, it was sold with concert tickets. You could get a copy of the album. That definitely helped push the sales up because most of it was through sales. It was not primarily through streaming and digital purchases. Because uh, that now, of course, has to be included in the Billboard 200. But mm. it's still really impressive. This album did as well as it did. I looked at the top 10 albums for that week. It debuted behind two hip-hop albums, number one being Lil Wayne's The Carter Five. But wow. everybody listened to it. Of course, it was going to debut at number one. because. She had the same issue with the previous album. Drake beat because hip-hop is what it is. But it's impressive she got as high as she did because that whole week of albums, the top 10 to only not other non-hip-hop album in there was the Tom Petty box set and American Treasure. Wow. Everything else that week, all hip-hop. Hmm. So it's impressive an ABBA cover album got in there, but it managed to.
1: That is impressive. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there we go. And it did pretty well overseas, too. It got certifications in Canada and the UK, and it sold over half a million copies worldwide, which is a huge amount these days. So,
1: That that was another thing I enjoyed was they didn't necessarily, she didn't necessarily, I say they, her, and Mark Taylor, but she didn't necessarily go with all of the American, all the ABBA hits that made it over to America. Um, there were a few on here that I had to go and listen to the original, like, okay, I didn't know that one. Um, and, and to be heralded so high, that speaks for, I guess, ABBA and not, I guess ABBA and Cher, you know, at that point.
0: Yeah, no, actually one of the most notable exclusions, we'll get to it in the track list, but ABBA's second biggest U.S. hit is not on this album, actually.
1: I hope it's the one I have in my notes because, well, It's a perfect segue into us breaking this bad boy down, you know?
0: (laughs) Yes, it is. So with that, we are going to get started to talking about Dancing Queen. Before I start with the track list, the album cover is an awesome homage to ABBA because she has both dark and blonde hair, just like the two singers. Two pictures of Cher, one facing the other. Beautiful homage to ABBA. I wanted to start off by saying that.
1: It's crazy that you bring that up because I was staring at the album cover while i was listening to it and i didn't realize that it was an homage to abba but i did notice or or from what i thought it looked like a young share the forward shot with the straight hard bangs and the black hair and then that present version uh at that time where we 2018 of share yeah. with the blonde hair i, I thought the cheekbones were a little higher i didn't know if that was on purpose um but a cool cover regardless.
0: It might have just been the angle because they were two different angles that we saw her face at. Heard. Heard. Yes, so now let's actually begin talking about the album. The first track is, of course... Dancing Queen. I don't think there's much that can be said about this song that hasn't already been said. I don't think anybody doesn't know the original version of this song. It's obviously ABBA's signature song.
1: This is how you make or break an ABBA cover album. And what a bold, beautiful choice to open with Dancing Queen. Because if it fell on its face and someone's just listening straight down the album, you're you're already off to a terrible start
0: yes I do think this was a smart song to do it it is an obvious one of course you have to do it but it is one of ABBA's more disco flavored songs so it suited itself well to Mark Taylor's electro dance production anyway I think you wouldn't think a lower voice singer an alto like Cher could take on a Soprano song like this one, but I think she does a good job. I don't think it's my favorite cover on the album, but it's pretty hard to mess up Dancing Queen, and it's better than other covers I've heard of it. I will give you that.
1: It, it definitely is. I, I I have in my notes faithful backing vocals, which I think was huge. Um, and that comes into a play in a lot of these album a- ABBA songs on the album because they, they populated their songs with those. Not just those four, but, you know, five, six, ten voices throughout a lot of their songs. Uh, So I thought that was good. Going to your alto thing, and we'll touch on this throughout the album, the key variation because of her singing voice, I thought was going to be a problem as well. There were a lot of really, really beautiful, smart choices throughout this album. Uh, I, I did a first listen, a raw listen. and Then I did a second listen where I went back and forth. I did share first, then ABBA, and boom, boom, boom. Then I listened to the Share album a, a second time by itself. And then I went back and forth and almost ran them side by side. A lot of the track times are spot one, um, like down to the second. And it's not necessarily that literal of a translation for a lot of these songs. I wonder if that was on purpose. It's, they, they did some cool things.
0: Actually, some of the really cool things that are done are on the next song on the album. Gimme, gimme, gimme a man after midnight. I think this is an awesome cover. I love how the auto-tune here is used to replicate ABBA's vocal harmonies. That's the coolest thing about this track. I think this song was ahead of its time in 1979 when it first came out. So it still works really well in 2018 because of that. And I feel like not much even had to be changed. I think she does different things on it vocally, of course, but... Overall, this is a pretty faithful cover. And this was just the perfect song to do in 2018. And it was the lead single. And I think it was a smart lead single.
1: This is it. This is the first hot tea take alert. I'm almost all the way on the other side of this opinion. Uh, okay. In fact, my first note for this song uh, was Is the auto tune in this one really needed? Mark, calm yourself down. You know, we're not doing believe. We're, you know, uh, I don't. Her her voice was spot on, and where he used the auto tune, it was just like a tiny like half note change. So, in my opinion, first one on there was auto tune really needed. Uh, drums are the bass drum is so soft compared to the original version. I, I thought that was that was not the way to take it. It is a driving bass in the original version. I really liked at the three the three-minute mark. He did a newer take on a rhythm. Instead of doing that long drawn out, I think it was almost like a 16 or 18 bar just bass and drums in the old one. He did almost like a dance hall, not a dance hall, but more of like a dance, just quick rhythm, a hip-hop rhythm almost, and filled it off. Wasn't it wasn't a negative review on this, but it wasn't. I didn't join you on on my favorite cover so far.
0: That's fair. I have one other question, so I'm hoping that you know Madonna's 2005 hit "Hung Up," which heavily samples ABBA's "Gimme, Gimme, Gimme a Man After Midnight." I do indeed, and of course, because Cher covered it, there were mashups made of the two songs. Oh. And a lot of people asking, Cher, will you collaborate with Madonna? Of course, the answer's no. Cher's made that quite clear. I don't know. I think it's an interesting contrast in some ways to Hung Up because Hung Up, sample that this is a more straight-ahead cover that does some new things with it, but Hung Up is also its own animal, of course.
1: Yeah, but that's something cool to think about, that even on such a high production level, they were like, you know what, look what Madonna did with this sample, maybe let's choose a softer bass drum, you know, that'd be cool. I, I, I'd i like to dive into that and see if that was really, or if we could get a, a definitive answer to that. That's a neat thought.
0: Yeah, I know Mark Taylor, to my knowledge, he has not worked with Madonna ever, Hung Up was produced by Stuart Price. And I don't like this song as much as Hung Up. I'm not gonna lie. Hung Up's like a top 10, maybe top five Madonna song ever, in my opinion. And that's not an easy list to make because Madonna has so many classics. But Yes, I really enjoyed this cover, and I have a personal anecdote about this cover. So as I said earlier, this was the first single from the album, and it came out in August of 2018. And at that time, I was living in Washington, D.C. at an internship at Voice of America, and uh, let's just say it was not a good time. If the supervisor is listening, I hope your life sucks right now because I don't like you. So, but the final day of that internship, I will never forget this. I had to do one last event for them. Everybody else went back to the office to finish up work. And I said, no, I'm done my work because I wasn't staying in hell any longer because that's what it was with her. And then later that day, I hear there is a new share song out. And I'm like, yes, a reward. It was almost a reward for <laughs> having gotten through. <laughs> I love it. Voice of America. And this is the best part of it all. The next day, this woman really was horrible. And my mother said, Char, you have to report her. So I did. And on my way down to VOA to report her, guess what I listened to the whole time on the Metro? Shares, Gimme, 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 A Man After Midnight.
1: There you go. Gimme, 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 A New Boss.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, I, I looked it up. She no longer works for Voice of America. Thank goodness. But there you go. so, "Gimme, Gimme, Gimme" will always have a special place in my heart because it was the song I listened to on my way to report that bitch. So, <laughs> I heard that. Yes. <laughs> Next up, oh, I love this one. Next up is The Name of the Game. What did you think of this one? I want to hear your take first on this one.
1: I thought this was a great choice slash fit for share, Even though the tempo was just a tiny bit slower than the original, this is the first one on the album that I enjoyed more than I enjoyed the original track. Uh, I definitely I definitely had a good time with
0: this one. Glad you think that. This, to me, is, of all the songs here, I think this is the biggest improvement on the original personally i like the original but i like this version even more when entertainment weekly reviewed the album i had to look up the comment again but they made one comment that i absolutely loved they said this track had a sex ready sim and put in parentheses no that's not a typo and i thought i just love that description and uh, rob sheffield rolling stone's best critic rolling stone can definitely be trash we've learned that but i love rob sheffield he loved this song, too, and called it Bjorn Gasmic" which I love because Bjorn is, of course, one of the two men of ABBA. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I love this. I think she sings this song really, really well. Definitely in a lower key, obviously, than the ladies of ABBA. But this one's awesome. I think this is uh, definitely one of my very high up on my favorites list for this album.
1: Agreed. Agree,
0: and next up is this is another heavy auto tune song. SOS,
1: it is a heavy auto tune song, but this one didn't strike me as odd, it, it worked where it was supposed to be. Cher, in my opinion, murdered this one, and, and in a great way. She killed it all the way through. I enjoyed her vocals, again, a little bit more than the original. The only thing is, I feel like this track suffered a tiny bit from modernization, or a modern take on itself. I tried not, not to let the nostalgia creep in on those opinions, and I listened to this one quite a bit and i just i really if i really think it would have been great if they could have paid more of an homage to the original uh composition
0: I agree with that on a couple of songs on this album further down. Not this one, actually. I think the modernization worked. And the original S.O.S. is kind of a throwback track in its own way. In some ways, it's more 60s than 70s, I I would argue.
1: It definitely is. It definitely is.
0: I've always loved this cover. I think she sounds awesome on it. Once again, what I love here is that auto-tune is used in place to replicate harmonies but it's at different points of the song than the original i think that really helped make the song share zone and i loved that this song was updated for the 21st century because the original itself was kind of a throwback they were able to really turn sos on its head especially considering there were two hit songs in the 2000s called sos rihanna and the jonas brothers So it made sense for ABBA's SOS to come into the 21st century. I highly doubt they were thinking of Brianna or the Jonas Brothers when recording it, but it's just an observation I made.
1: That's a great observation. That's a soundbite right there.
0: Here's a really fun tidbit. So when I met Cher, I met Cher days after the internship ended and gimme 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 was released and uh, during our talk Cher asked me if I liked the new music referring to gimme 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 and I said yes I love it and she said well the next new song's coming out next Friday and then she said oh I wasn't supposed to say that (laughs) that's awesome I did notice they delayed the release date of the second single, which was S.O.S. after she said that. I wasn't going to tell anybody, of course, but I can say it now almost four years later because the release was delayed anyway.
1: So this album wasn't out yet when you had seen her at this point?
0: It was not quite. It was a little more than a month away.
1: Was she performing any of it? I wanted to ask you that, and this is a great time to do it.
0: Not yet. She started performing it when she went on tour to Australia the month the album came out. I saw the last shows she performed right before she started performing it, and S.O.S. was one of the songs that she did live in concert on the Here We Go Again tour, and yes, she sounded great singing it live, too.
1: Nice. And it
0: was live. Don't get us wrong. She does sometimes lip sync some of her auto-tune songs, like Believe, for instance, but this was all live and it was glorious. This was a highlight for me. Is that the only song off this album that you've seen her do live? No, there were two more, including the next one, Waterloo. Nice. This is another more retro song that was really modernized. This was ABBA's breakthrough single, really. It was... A hit in 1974, won Eurovision and was their first U.S. hit, which really broke them through to the United States. They actually only had four top 10 hits in the United States, which is crazy to think about. But four they did. Yes, only four. Wow. Three of them are on this album. One of them is not. But where are you going to do?
1: I got an idea of what it is. And that's surprising that it's only four.
0: Yeah, ABBA in many ways has increased in popularity since their 70s heyday in America. It's very interesting how that's happened, but it's well-deserved. They should have had way more than four top 10s back then, but at least they're getting their due now. I bet. Yeah, Waterloo was another one of the songs that Cher did live on the Here We Go Again tour. It opened up the ABBA section of the show. What did you think of this cover?
1: This was one that I, i literally, my note on this is did not, in capitals, suffer from a much more modern sound. The backing vocals were perfect and they were full. Uh, I thought, and, and you've already tapped into this, but Like leaving the saxophone in in there and really focusing on the original composition, I felt made it more, not only pay homage, and we're going to say that a million times, but it just felt full and it felt right.
0: I mean, this is a tribute album. Let's be real. We can say pay homage. I I completely agree. I think the use of that saxophone really just keeps the song feeling faithful yet modern at the same time. I don't think that's quite true of Every song here, one in particular later that we're going to get to, I think she sounded great on this song. It was a lot of fun when she did it live, too. It was the only ABBA song that had dancers perform with her, but they were all having the time of their life doing this one. That's awesome. Yeah, Waterloo is a winner for me. It's definitely one of ABBA's classic tunes, and Cher did this one justice, I think a bit more so than she did the next song, which um this was one of the songs Cher said in an interview that she was told don't do that song. This one and the song following Waterloo, but she said, well, I have to. I can kind of see why she was told not to do them because they are not among ABBA's more disco songs at all. This one especially, disco was really just beginning in 1974. It would have been a more natural fit for her to do the more Dancy later 70s tunes, but, or even early 80s, they went into that as well. And they weren't all included here, but this is a signature ABBA song. It kind of did need to be included, as did the next song, Mamma Mia. This one I think is too electronic for me. Yeah, this is the one. I think she sounds fine on it. The guitar is pretty weak on it in comparison to the original. The original has that throwback vibe even for the 70s, but it was perfect the way it was. This one's a bit of a mess for me. I'm not going to lie. It seems like you agree with me.
1: I do. I do. Um, This was one of the nostalgia bomb songs that I had to be like, all right, calm down and just take it as it is before you form an opinion. But again, this is the challenge of trying to do you know one of their big celebratory party songs where there were so many voices in the background uh in the mix uh and for me that was that was the empty part on this it really that that backing of those those extra vocals just accentuate that celebratory aspect of the song and i i love the song so it was really tough to not To have a negative opinion on it, and I and I did. Unfortunately, I did.
0: Yeah, it's definitely missing a bit here. I think this probably is the weakest cover here. It wasn't the most disappointing for me personally, but it probably is the weakest of uh, the covers based on what we're taking it as. I would say. I wish this one was a bit better. I don't hate it, but it's not my favorite here at all.
1: Yeah, especially on you know in the same year as. Another Mamma Mia uh, movie. There's so many beautiful renditions of this song, whether it be soundtrack, whether it be original. This one definitely didn't didn't hit the top on it for me.
0: No, it didn't, sadly. Nothing's going to beat Meryl Streep singing it in the first Mamma Mia movie. That was iconic.
1: That's real shit right there. (laughs) That is real shit right there. And it's something like, you know, when you turn on that song and you know it's coming, you click the Mamma Mia track... I, it's 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 impossible not to expect that.
0: Yeah, there's a reason the musical was named Mamma Mia. That's definitely probably the most Broadway of ABBA's hits. It worked perfectly in Broadway land. Didn't work quite as well in EDM land. It, this isn't quite EDM, but close enough. Okay. The next song here is Lucky Number Seven, Chicky Tita. This is. Of the ABBA songs included here, just speaking on its own terms, this is my least favorite of the ABBA songs included here. It's not a bad song at all. I don't think ABBA really has bad songs, but there are many songs I like more than this one. I think this cover is well done for what it is, but it's just not my favorite ABBA song. I think she sings it fine. It is a bit long, too, for an ABBA song, just... The song itself isn't one of my top favorites from ABBA. I think that's my main issue with this one. What do you think?
1: This was one that I didn't know. Um, so, I, you know, one that I listened to her version first, then went back, listened to the original, came back to it, and then, and then made comparisons. Uh, things I really liked about this song were there's not really anywhere to hide on this song. And she sounds great. You know, there's, there isn't an auto tune aspect. So per se, and she, she does well throughout. It's, it's a tough cover to pull off with one person. Again, I, I know I sound like a broken record all the way down here, but this is a really tough one to pull off by yourself. I really feel like this was a poor choice for the seven spot. It's the seven spot on the album, and you picked one of the most, And, you know, I'm not an an ABBA aficionado, but in my opinion, one of the more uh, obscure ABBA songs.
0: I wouldn't say it's quite one of the most obscure. This actually was a top 40 hit originally.
1: There you go. See, that that shows my (laughs) knowledge on on this one. This one got away from me.
0: I mean, my dad remembered this song. My dad was actually quite a big ABBA fan back in the 70s. He had several of his albums, and it was funny, for the longest time, he would say, that's embarrassing to admit, but now that it's cool to like ABBA, he has no problem admitting, yeah, I liked ABBA. (laughs) He was ahead of his time when it came to that. He was ahead of his time with the ABBA love. He was right, so.
1: (laughs) I might be jumping too far ahead on this one, but I've got to say it. I really think this was the spot for one of us in my opinion this was the spot for one of us you put it in the seven and i'll get to i'll 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 shine more light on that when we get to the end this might be another hot tea take across hot tea take but i i think i think this was this was the spot in my opinion for one of us
0: interesting (laughs) interesting i wasn't expecting that but all right (laughs) Now, chick is followed by an ABBA song, I'm sure you know, one of the very top ABBA hits, track 8, the one she sang in the movie, Fernando. This is the same version that she does in the movie, it just has Andy Garcia's vocals removed from it. He was hardly on it, this was Cher's moment in the film. This is a very faithful cover. This is the one produced by the ABBA guys. They did produce the Mamma Mia soundtracks for the films. So this is not a Mark Taylor production. It is a carbon copy kind of of the original arrangement wise, but why mess with perfection at the same time it was for the movie? I still think it works really well. I love hearing her sing this song. It's a great song. One of ABBA's best for sure. Kind of hard to mess with Fernando. What did you think?
1: I, I, it's super interesting to hear that Abba produced this because I sat back and I was like, oh, all of a sudden, Mark Taylor's just going to go like super, super all the way Abba. It's I, I that that's awesome to know my notes on this is it sounds like she's having so much fun. It's it's crazy amount of energy. I, I literally wrote down I can picture doing her doing this live. Uh, this it just it was share it, it sounded Cher. And it's Fernando's. It's always it's like one of those songs that are going to stick in your head for a million years the first time you hear it, no matter what.
0: And she did do it live. It ended out her ALBA section of her show after Waterloo and S.O.S., yeah. And the crowd was super into it because it was the newest song everybody knew she did because of the movie. People were super into it and she sounded awesome doing it. So can't yeah. really mess with Fernando. Not at all. And now we're at the second to last track on the album. I have some thoughts on this one. The winner takes it all. Before I say anything, I want you to start.
1: <laughs> um th- this one was tough. And I had to I went back and forth listening to both versions of this probably the most out of the whole album it's a very share in air quotations like mix in my opinion of this song it's another modern mix That it shines like the original. This was one of the first times, and it's very, very obscure and right at the end. But where she gets that talk box slash auto-tune effect when it's trailing off. And I was like, there, that's a perfect use for that. That's when you use something like that. But well, I enjoyed it. I thought One It Takes All was okay.
0: So when the track list for this album was released, I have to say this was probably the song I was most looking forward to hearing share Do because it's such a powerful song. And I would say it's in my top five ABBA songs. This song's incredibly powerful and it's based on real stuff. This is a song about divorce because ABBA was two married couples. And this is about the... Dissolution of one of their marriages, so it is a very sad, powerful song. I was really, really looking forward to hearing Cher do it. Her vocal on it was good. The production was disappointing for me. I think it was too modernized. I really missed the piano line from the original.
1: Truth. Truth.
0: This one I think should have been more faithful. This is one where you just can't quite mess with perfection. I think Meryl Streep's cover of it in the first Mamma Mia was really good, but that took away everything. It was super stripped down, it was almost a cappella. Yes. And I wouldn't have wanted Cher to do that because it had already been done uh, with this song and in a way seen by many people, but the production on it just falls flat and I don't think it allows Cher to soar as much as the original arrangement would have. I don't know. I do like this still, but... This was the biggest disappointment for me. I It's grown on me a bit over the past few years, but this one is the biggest disappointment for me overall, probably because I hold the original in such high regard.
1: Well, that's your first, There, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you've got your first Charlie hot tea take and it's winner takes all. <laughs>
0: My tea today was more related to my personal stories going off about that lady from VOA. That's the
1: that's, that's tea right there, baby.
0: <laughs> yes, that is tea. <laughs> Yeah, winner takes all. Not my favorite cover on here, unfortunately. I This is the one I really do wish was better. And then, it is the penultimate track. It goes into the final track, One of Us. This isn't one of ABBA's biggest hits, and you already said you think it should have been earlier in the album. Please explain your thought process behind that.
1: It's it's last song. It's last song. It's a beautiful, somber song. But the mix on this song for me, when you take away the bounciness of the original, and then you bring in this faux orchestra mix behind it, and it really doesn't have that super giant crescendo climax. For me, if you're gonna do the last song, give it some share long belty notes let let her let her run if you're gonna end the album with this uh like i, I on my notes like if you want to end on something somber why not do thank you for the music i mean in the title alone why wouldn't you end the album with thank you for the music doesn't it and and again it's just me me going off on a, on a hot take here or you didn't do take a chance on me like <laughs> h- how did you not do this on the whole album and don't get me wrong that that would probably have been tough as hell but you're gonna end the album with this I don't know. For me, it just fell flat on the last one. She sang it beautiful. In my opinion, it wasn't the way you uh, you end this album.
0: Thank you for the music. Would have been a great ending, actually. I actually love that we have a minimal ending to the album, especially right after The Winner Takes It All, which is a bit more bombastic. And again, I think she sounds beautiful on this song. I like that she made this one completely her own. This was a smart song to reinvent because it's not quite as well known as the other songs here
1: heard and the original take on it I'm I'm and I, I apologize cutting you off but just to to reiterate what I feel like you're saying here that bounciness of the original song doesn't lend to the sadness in my opinion when you listen to what the song is actually about I love the way that it's done I just not on the last track
0: that that is fair and yeah I do think it was smart to use a sad song to make it that way because the original, it's very catchy. It gets stuck in your head, but it's a sad song. Yep. And uh, it's one of ABBA's divorce songs, of course, just like the winner takes it all. And so that ends the album. There actually was supposed to be a Dancing Queen volume two. Oh, really? Thank You for the Music was one of the songs that was to be included. So was Take a Chance on May. Okay. All right. It didn't happen because of the pandemic. Really? It wasn't released because of it. I don't even know if she finished the whole thing. She did post a snippet of her solo version of Super Trooper to it. I wish Super Trooper was on the first one. Honestly, I think that would have been a better song for her to do than Mamma Mia. Do you think that... And Again,
1: going back to seeing interviews and reading interviews and how almost it felt like she was unsure that this was going to take off, or even in its early incarnation, she was just like, no, this, this was a terrible take. Uh, do you think? those songs weren't included because they were a little bit nervous? Even Mark Taylor?
0: Well, Super Trooper, from what I understand, wasn't included because she did part of that song in the Mamma Mia movie she was in. Okay. And they wanted to include only one song that she did in the movie, which makes sense to me. Yeah. But I think Super Trooper was a more natural fit for Mark Taylor's production because that's one of ABBA's more disco-y songs. It was more of a natural fit for him than something like Mama Mia or Waterloo or even S.O.S.
1: That's a great point. I didn't think about it like that, but it is a great point. You you know, on the brink or on the edge of the EDM, like you were saying, or his dance production like that. That that makes sense.
0: I think it's smart that they didn't do all the disco songs from ABBA because they have some other classics I love, like Voulez-vous, Lay All Your Love On Me, Angel Eyes. Those are bangers that get you going. They would have been a really natural fit for Mark Taylor, but... ABBA wasn't a disco band. They did a lot of stuff. They ran the gamut. And I think this album is a good sampling of all that they did. But I don't think that necessarily means everything fits super well with Mark Taylor being a dance producer.
1: Makes sense. It makes sense.
0: So there we have Dancing Queen. What grade would you give the album?
1: Ooh, the album in a whole. Are, are we doing? Uh, are we doing A plus to uh, to a failing E, or are we doing hundred percent?
0: We're doing leather grades. A plus to a failing E. That's how I do it. I
1: like it. Let's go. Uh, as a whole, I'm going to give this album an A minus. Same I, here. I- Same here. There you go.
0: Part of mine is definitely because of nostalgia. I think some of the decisions here paid off more than others. But overall, I think this is a really strong album and a good tribute to ABBA. I'm not sure if we need a Dancing Queen Volume 2, even if uh, some of the songs I would have loved to have heard, but... I think this did what it needed to do.
1: It did. Uh, A lot of my A- comes from the simple fact of it could have been a train wreck, you know? And it had the propensity to be a train wreck because I was so beloved and so known, especially in the time that this album came out. And it succeeded, in my humble opinion, in our humble opinion.
0: I love that Cher said she thought the songs would be easy because, oh, it's just pop songs, but no, they're not. Because ABBA, they were geniuses. They had really complex compositions, especially with all the harmonies going on. The vocal harmonies of ABBA are on another level.
1: Yeah, well, that and also, uh, you know, as she was saying how tough it was to memorize Fernando. Because of the language barrier, where it wasn't necessarily written in English, you know, or broken English uh, for for a bit of it. Plus, the musicianship is very, very hard to, uh, to perfectly emulate, in my opinion, as well.
0: Oh, yes. And you're right about the barrier, because ABBA are Swedish, all of them. English is not their first language. And that comes through in some of their songs. They still sing in English very well, though, I must say, the ladies of ABBA. They do. Yeah, I enjoy Dancing Queen. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit more than the last album ABBA put out, their reunion album. That I found disappointing, sadly. Dancing Queen didn't disappoint me, so that's good.
1: Heard that. If you got to take number one track on this album, your favorite track, you're on the spot.
0: Name of the game. Ooh, okay. All right. To me, it's I, the most um, unique cover here. I think it does the most differently with it, and it's the biggest improvement over the original, in my opinion. Heard. That's why I say it's my favorite.
1: I got I to go Waterloo. I got to go Waterloo. It really made me say, okay, you guys figured out how to do this. Let's listen to the rest of the album.
0: Yeah. As long as you didn't say the winner takes it all, because <laughs> just, just a disappointment for me. One, one of us is
1: a strong second. It just not in the 10 spot for me. That's Bring it fair. on up. Bring it on up. That's fair.
0: I love SOS a lot. I would say that's my second favorite, actually. That one's a favorite of mine, too. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I mostly love in part because of the nostalgia purposes of being on my way to VOA that day. <laughs>
1: I like it. I like it.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. I think this was a good first episode. Uh,
1: it was. It was amazing. And thank you for letting me join you on the journey. Uh, with with your share podcast as well, it's been a blast, and I can only uh, can only look forward to all of the hot takes that we're gonna have flying into people's ears come coming up.
0: Yes, yeah, so I do only have two more episodes of the Share podcast. They will be coming at you, but in the meantime, the next couple of weeks will be taking off because I think we have kind of busy schedules on the days we'll be recording it because Memorial Day is coming up. Oh yeah, and whatnot. So, but. Next time that we meet, the album we're doing, we will be doing a month of albums from the year 1981 because your birthday is in oh, June.
1: Aging me over here. Aging me over here. But yes, June 1981. Let's let's take a look at some albums and some, some tea from that era. What's our yes. first
0: album going to be? Hard Promises by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. <laughs>
1: it's going to be a good one.
0: I can't wait for it. Definitely. An awesome album, in my opinion. Have you listened to it before?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Good. I, I can't, uh, and then this is why this is why we've come together because I can't wait to uh, to hear our differing opinions in in this music. Even though we, we both, it's kind of hard to be, to be hard on this album, but that's our job here.
0: As long as we both agree that Hard Promises and Tom Petty are awesome, I think we'll be okay, because Tom Petty is awesome.
1: We'll have to see. We'll have to save it for the, no. Uh,
0: <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. I love that <laughs> album, and I love Tom Petty, and I miss him. Rest in peace for sure. Rest in peace for Definitely sure. gone too soon, in my opinion, Mr. Petty. He so gave us,
1: He gave us some beauty.
0: Yes, and we'll talk about some of that next time. So in the meantime, follow us on Facebook at Turntables and Tea Podcast. I should also be creating an Instagram page for us as well because we have such a great following for the Turnback Time podcast on Instagram. You all have been amazing, by the way, especially when I took a break for almost a year and you all came back what an amazing group of listeners and i hope you all continue to join me on the turntables and tea podcast journey and i also want to hear your input we want to hear all of it if you have any suggestions we'd love to hear it. we'll be doing polls on our pages to get your input of albums you may want us to discuss but in the meantime stay tuned for some hard promises we'll be making in the beginning of june <laughs> all right take care everyone peace
1: Peace.